Somebody say God's good. Amen. I don't know about you, but in life, life is tough. Amen. We got a real advocate. We got a real enemy, and he wants to make it to where you can't make it. Huh. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, I want to talk to you about, amen, that's something that God put on my heart, and that tonight's topic is trusting through the dark. Turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. Trusting in the dark. And the reason why God put this in my heart is because sometimes in life, saints, is that we get to the point to where when stuff happens in life and it gets dark, we forget to trust in the one who's carried us through it all. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. And the word Lord reads, Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors. Even empty vessels do not get a few. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out onto all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So when she went from him and she shut the door behind her and her sons, they were bringing the vessels to her and she poured. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one more vessel. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you tonight, God. Father, we pray, God, that you just... I thank you, God, for the anointing in this place, for the bondage that's being broken, for the healing that's occurring, God, for the trust that's coming back. Father, I want to thank you, God, for everything you're doing in every single body's life tonight. God, you're worthy of it all. Father, use me, download into me what you want me to speak. But most importantly, God, fill us with your spirit so we can learn and be more connected to you, God. And let us trust you through the darkness. In Jesus' mighty name, and all the saints of God said, Amen. Amen. Have you ever questioned God? <laughs> it's like an epitome right there. It's like I've always questioned God. Never have. What? But many times it is when you don't have control or when you think everything is falling out of place, we question God. See, trusting through the dark, and this is what I have to share, is that why is it when we look at what is going on in our lives when we have no control? And why, why do we ask God this? Why won't you intervene? Aren't you the one that the pastor preaches about? Aren't you the one that we sing songs like you're the God of the promise? Then why then do we feel like you're not in control? Why, God, do we seem to lose trust in you? Or why does it seem that we like to lose heart in you? See, if you aren't having a problem, you're like, I'm trusting God completely in every situation in my life, in my work, my children's life, my life. And even in devastating news, I trust God complete, completely. Then keep the sermon in your pocket because you're going to need it. 
Because real life, there is no such thing as you don't come across in Christianity and expect it all to be sunshines and roses. It's not what happens. What happens is, is that life hits, and what it does is fear actually puts you in the dark. It wants to surround you. It wants to keep you contained to where you can't even feel God, to where you lose your trust in the one who's called you out of the darkness. He took you out of the miry clay and what he's trying to do and what fear is you the devil's favorite tool because in human minds, we take fear and we try to stay with what we're afraid of. It's like spiders. You see a spider, you get somebody else to go kill it. You don't kill it. You find somebody that's not afraid and you're like, go kill it. You're, if you're my mom, you know for sure she, she's a cockroach, somebody kill it. Cockroaches are the real devil in life. My Lord, then suckers can withstand a nuclear blast, but a foot they can't stand. My Lord. You got to make jokes, amen, about cockroaches. But see, when we look at this, trusting in the dark, see, why do we always do that? We always expect God to be like, God, you're not intervening. You're not doing the things I prayed to you. You're not doing the things I fasted for. I'm trusting in you, but at the same time, I'm holding limitations because I don't think you're good enough to handle what my problem is, or I'm too afraid to admit that I need to trust in you more. See, when we look at the woman and her sons, we see that they encounter a hard time in their life, so we see that their husband went and borrowed some money. And man, if you're like me, you like borrowing money, but you don't want to pay it back. I got debts. Thank you, Jesus. So he borrowed some money, right? We see that in the we see it in the life of this woman. But the sad part was her husband died. Oh, sad died. And then it was time to pay back the creditor. And now this is where real life starts occurring in her life. She's like, I've lost my husband. I've lost the one that God gave me. Now I'm about to lose my two sons that I bore. She's about to lose everything in her life that she cares about, everything in her life that she cradled until that certain age. And now somebody's coming to, like, collect his debt. And see, this is what's crazy. Now, here it is when we get to the interesting part of the scripture. Go to verse 2 for me. It says this, Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Go on to verse 3. Then he said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you. There's a reason for that. I'll show you later. You and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. Now, see, that's what's interesting, is that Elisha asked her to do something. He knew that if he trusted her, that her debt would be paid. But not only that, but everything left over was for her and her sons to live off of. It doesn't say that it would stop in two years. It doesn't say it will stop in a few years. It says you will live off the rest. And in today's economy, we would love that. You would be like, Lord, if it's just to sell some oil and boom, I can live off the rest. Thank you, Jesus. My gosh. All parents should be clapping on that one. But this is what it is, is that 
it wasn't only for her, but it was for her two sons. When we look at it, we see that God was actually in the backstage working everything else in her chaos. When she was in the dark and she didn't know what was going to happen to her sons and even to her own life, she was completely in the dark, but God was working it out behind stage. He was directing everything to work out for this woman, but she was caught up so quickly in the situation that the only thing she knew what to do was go to the man of God and ask him what God would do, what God needed for her to do. She got something right. But when we look at this woman, she had an option just like us. She had the choice to trust in what Elisha said or choosing to ignore this advice. Even though we know the end of this beautiful, end of this little nice life she had, imagine you don't know what happened. She had the choice. It's like many of us. We have the choice of to choose to trust in what God says or to go against it and try it for ourselves. Even though we don't know what she was thinking. See, this is a great danger that could have overtaken this woman and hindered her from what God was going to do. And that was fear. And that's what and that's what the dark that's what the dark is. It's trusting through the darkness is that fear likes to ingrip you. It likes to entangle you to where you're not trusting on God. You're trusting on the fear. You're trusting that it's still there, that it's still constant. Years. See, when we look at the scripture, we see that God was using this particular situation to put her trust in what he was going to do in their situation. God was secretly using this woman's situation, and truthfully, many of us would have been start blaming God. I thought you were Jehovah Rapha. I thought you were my provider. I thought you were the great physician, God. What happened? Usually that's where somebody says amen. It's okay. But see, this was the thing. God wasn't trying to intervene. He was waiting for her to trust in him through the darkest part of her life. When she thought, what can I do? Elisha had the answer from God. But it took a little faith and trust from her that made it work. She had to have the little faith and trust in God. She didn't run to Elisha and ask, hey, man, can you, can, you borrow, can you lend me some money? He said, what must I do? Which was Elisha, Elisha was actually known as the prophet of God. So he was the man of God. So he was the vessel that God was using that time to direct her life. And so what she was really doing is she wasn't seeking man-made wisdom. She was seeking God's advice. She was like, I don't care about what my situation is. I want to know what God wants me to do. And that's what it was. She, God wasn't waiting on all these miracles to take place. God wasn't trying to, you know, do a hoop, there I am kind of God. God was like, I want you to trust in me when everything else ain't working out, when everything else looks like it's going south. I want you to have the little faith and trust in me and not man. It would have been so easy for Elisha to just say, hey, God says, blah, 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 let your son go work for him for a whole year, and that's it. 
man-made. Yeah. Lose your two kids. It's okay. $75,000 later in debt. Woo! But this is what it was, is that she wasn't seeking Elisha's personal advice. She was seeking God's advice. Through the darkest part of her life, she wasn't seeking a man's light. She was seeking God's light. She was trying to find the way, Yahweh, to get her out of this situation. And see, my first thing is this. You have to trust God when you have little. You have to trust God when you have little. This woman right here only had a little bit of oil. He asked her, what do you have in the house? And she said, all I have is a jar of oil. What that going to do? Hello. Jar of oil. At least you're probably thinking, you don't got no money saved up? You ain't got a 401k? You ain't got no secret money hidden around? Hello. Try it in your husband's mattress. Probably there. Thank you, Jesus. But right here, it was only the little bit of oil. And Alicia asked her to go grab it in every jar she could find and fill them. And it wasn't a small vessel. It was large vessels. And he didn't say, go to your neighbor right beside you and right there. He said, go to all your neighbors. That meant pretty far of a walk. Alicia was setting her up so God could do something big. Okay, I don't know how many she grabbed of the vessels of jars. But let's focus on what we what would we see in the natural. There she is filling however many jars she had. In the natural, we would have thought it's impossible. You cannot tell me unless it's God, you're going to pour this oil and continue to pour it until every jar is filled. I'm going to use a demonstration. You're not going to take this anointing oil and pour it into a large vessel and keep pouring without God. Sometimes that's what we do to God. God's like, I just need you to trust me. I don't want you to think that all you got is this. Secretly, I am the supplier of your needs. I didn't say that you were alone. I didn't say I couldn't make it keep going. Hello. But that's what, what man looks at. We look at, man, I don't have enough. I don't have this much. I don't understand, God, why I have so little when you call me to do great things. He says, who, the, the, he, the Bible says that any, if you can handle small beginnings, you can handle great things. But if you can't handle small, you can't handle great. But look at this. I'm going to show you in the Bible where it says it. Luke 18, 27. But, and this is Jesus talking. But he said, and the Lord reads, but he said the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. So sometimes in our life, that's what it looks like. It's impossible for me to make this thing keep pouring, okay? I don't care what kind of title. I don't care what kind of pastor. I don't care who I am. I'm not God. It's impossible for me and you to make this oil continue going, but it's not impossible for our God who is a way maker. Can I get an Amen. See, not, even, not only that, but when we look at, didn't Jesus feed 5,000 people using only five loaves and two fish? Hello. What? Jesus. Come and make some sense to me right quick. How, how, how'd you do it? Did you cut them up in small loaves and, you know, little porcelain, start to feed them all? How'd you do it? But that was something that man could not do. But with God, he made it possible. Jesus took up the bread and he said he broke it and blessed it. 
and he broke and he blessed it to God. So he knew that God was the only one. See, this is my thing. If God can feed 5,000 and have baskets left over, then you can trust God when you don't have much. Hello. He had 12 baskets left over. Amen. Some say it's for the disciples. Well, they must have got big. Amen. But that's okay. But the baskets were left over. And this is what it says in Philippians 4.12. It says, I know the experience. This is Paul. I know the experience of being in need and of having more than enough, I have learned the secret to being content. Sometimes that's a sermon in its own right there, being content in every situation. In every and every circumstance, whether full or plenty, or hunger, hungry, or whether having plenty or being poor. That's Paul. And see, that's what's crazy is God is trust, trusting God when you have little, is saying that God, you can do a lot more with it than what I could have produced. God, I give you this so I give you this portion. This is all I have. This is everything I own, God. That's what the woman did. She said, that's all I got. That's all I have. She's like, but if God can do something and make sure my sons, she said, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what kind of radical faith I need to have. I'm just going to trust you, God, that you can do something with it because I believe in you. She knew who God was. Hello? That's the thing is that she trusted in God with something so small that she filled up a lot of jars. Ephesians 3.20 reads like this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power, somebody say his power, that is at work within us. Hello. Right there, I don't know about you, but that blows my mind. Because right there, what it's saying is this, is that now to him who is able, which is Jesus, is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. So your imagination and what you ask, God can actually do more. Hello. So you're like, God, all I got is $500. What do you want me to do? I can't do nothing with that. Hello. God's like, it's, like a, it's like a tithe. It's a tenth. You're not, you're not telling God, hey, I need all 100% to get what you want to get done. God's only asking you, hey, give me a tenth and watch how much more blessed you'll be. Watch how much more I can pour my oil out. Watch how much more I can pour my anointing. Watch how much more peace I can give you. Watch how much more if you give me this, I can give you that. I'm going to use flesh book for a second. There was a little post and, this little, and there's this little girl. She has a little teddy bear. It's real cute. And then there's Jesus and behind his back, he has a bigger teddy bear. And, what he, and Jesus asking is, will you give me the bear? And the girl's response is, it's all I have. And what she doesn't see is something behind that's greater. It's in our own lives. See, we trust God when it's all going good, when we got enough money in the bank account. When everything's going right, we trust God. We have that unbreakable faith, the unshakable faith. Ain't no mountain going to move me. You can throw everything in my life, and I'm not moving. But when we, when we broke, we're like, oh, Jesus, what happened? I thought you said you were the way maker. <laughs> make, make it rain in my, you said, you, you said you can make it rain. Uh, make it rain in my bank account, please. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we're going to get that prayer going on now. <laughs> Everybody love that prayer. But see, that's the thing, is that God, Jesus literally can do more than we ask or imagine.
And that's unfathomable. What you ask God, even in prayer, like, God, give me patience. First of all, if you, ooh-wee, be careful what you say. Because God's like, all right, you want patience? There's a process. And after the process, there's a, probably another one. But at the end, you'll get more than what you asked for. See, that's when, you, that's when you're supposed to say amen. I need, like, a card up here that says amen. Just, like, click it. You know what I'm saying? But for, like, when you even think about it, when we pray and we ask God, God, give me joy. God's like, okay, I'm going to make you go through this process. I'm going to make you go through the dark a little bit. He's like, but if you trust me enough and you allow me to lead you through the darkness, even with your little bit of patience or your little bit of joy, I promise you at the end, I promise you, you'll get so much more than you expected. Can I get an amen? amen. You're going to get a lot more. I don't know about you, but that sounds a lot better than what I expected. My second thing is this, trust when he doesn't answer. <laughs> See, Wayne Stiles said this, God may delay answering your prayers in order to give you far more than you're asking for. Hello. God may be delaying your, or answering your prayers in order to give you more than what you're asking for. Hello. Sometimes when we look at it, we go through life and we pray that God does something and we expect him to move at our command like, boom. It's like a parent telling their kid when you're young, do it or I'll whoop you. Okay, it's either a whooping or do it now. Doing it now. Thank you, Jesus. That's sometimes how God has to handle us. Ah, do it now. But then when we look at it, we expect God to do the same thing when we say. We say jump and God's like, I'm not jumping. I don't know what you're talking about. But that's what it is. We expect God to move at a command. We pray this prayer. We're like, God, heal this person. And God's like, okay. And we're like, well, he ain't getting better. God, I thought you said you were the healer. Where's the healing? We, we start getting impatient. We start twiddling our fingers like, uh, God, you going to do something? He's dying here. Hello. Serious thing. Life. Told you. Life, you know, with life comes death. And, then, you know, and that's one sad thing is that when people die, we're like, God, heal them. And God's like, you sure you want to pray that? Okay. Because sometimes God's like, I'm going to heal them. But at the same time, you're asking far more than what you expect. And God's like, all right, I'll take them. I'll give them peace, but you're going to have hurt. Hello, it's two-way street here. But back to it. Amen. We expect God to move at our command or we think, or when we think he needs to move. We, just, we tell God when to move. We're like, God, I want a wife. Boom. You get a wife, son. Boom. Yeah. Or you need a husband. Boom. You, want, you need a 401k that looks great. Boom. You want that 760 credit. Boom. There's your score. Boom. It's like we expect God to boom. When we just boom. It's like a mic drop. Boom. Hello. It's like. God's like, that's not how it works. <laughs> you, I created. I knew you before your mother's womb. And that, technically, I breathed life into you. So sit down. Sometimes I think God needs to tell us that. Sit down and just stay in the background for a second. Just kick us back sometimes. He needs to slam on the brake to get hit a little bit. <laughs> but that's crazy. We always expect God, when we want something, to do it now. Lord, I need my kids to... Oh, I just need that attitude to change. Do it right now. Boom. 
they're still yelling. Lord, I need my husband or my wife to start treating me better. <laughs> Hello? You still, you, you, no, no, oh, okay. I'll, I'll try again later. I'll give you 30 minutes. Maybe, maybe it'll come in 30 minutes. Thank you. <laughs> Personally, I know this is true and hard because God has always made me trust in him. <laughs> He's always made me trust in him when he doesn't answer me. It's, and it's really irritating sometimes for us. We're just like, all right, God, I need an answer. And the thing you need the answer for comes, and you're like, okay, I didn't. I still didn't get that answer. Where's the, where's the answer? Like, it's like a test. You're like, there's no answer. Uh, hello. You're like scratching your head, and you're like, God, where's this answer? I prayed. I did everything that you tell us to do. What, what what's going on? But I know this is true because, see, sometimes when God doesn't answer your prayers, it doesn't mean he threw them in his, in his trash can. It means he is working for you. And even though you can't see what he is doing, he's doing it for you. He's lining out your steps. He's making sure everything is beneficial to you. He's not going to leave you nor forsake you. That's what the Bible says. But that's the thing is God's like, look, you got to trust me when I don't give you a direct answer. It's like when people pray, for, like in the homes, I'm going to use the home, for example, church, is that the homes try to pray for a husband and wife. And we're, we don't, do, you know, we don't, this, you know, it's like, okay, thank you, Jesus. At least, you know, thank you, Jesus. You're trying to find somebody. That's what God called us to do. But sometimes it's like. You know, it's ridiculous. It's like, they're like, oh, this is the one. This is the one. This is the one. Thank you, Jesus. And God's like, I didn't give you that. Who gave that to you? Lucifer? Flesh? Yourself? Which one? Because it wasn't from this Jeopardy. But that's what it is. That's what it is, saints. Even in the, even in the church, we try to be like, all right, God. How do you want me to handle my wife? <laughs> Buy her some flowers. Take her on a nice dinner. And she's like, I told you to do the laundry. And it, Come on now. Come on. Right? But that's what it is. It's like we're like expecting God to give us his answer. And she's looking at you still like, I, if you don't get your with yourself doing the laundry, I promise you, look at any married couple. It's a fact. That's something I don't look forward to. It's always good when you can laugh and, you know, when you're, when you're a Christian. It shows you're not stuck up all the time. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But that's the thing, right? It's, it's so interesting. It's like in life we have this expectation where when God doesn't answer, we're like, okay, God, uh, I need you to answer now because... They look like they're about to hurt me. They're about to throw something at me, God. You might want to give me an answer. God, I'm, I'm walking out of this situation right now. We start, we start trying to tell God when we need something. And God's like, I'm not trying to rush it because if I rush it, you won't be prepared for it and you'll ruin it. He's like, you want your kids to act better, but right now I'm trying to work on you to get you established to show them how to become a man or a woman. I'm not trying to push them into you. You just as bad. Just kidding. 
not throwing jabs here, guys. Thank you, Jesus. Right? But even in our lives, it's like there's things that we expect God. God, I want to do this. But God's like, whose time clock are you on? Whose time clock? He's like, you didn't create me. There was no other God before me. That's what the Bible says. There was no God before me, and there will be no God after me. So it's like when, when we try to control what we try to ask for or trust in, hello, we don't trust God when he doesn't answer us. We're trying to make it to where it's our way, not Yahweh's way. Yahweh's got a better plan. I don't care what you tell me. Sir, you want $5 million. How do you feel when I'm getting it? Is it from God? What are the loopholes? Y'all tricking me. Who set you up? My daddy. This is a prank show, isn't it? That's what we really think sometimes. But that's what the enemy likes to do. He likes to make your trust in the situation. He likes to put your trust in these false things and never on the real. So when God is not answering you, the enemy loves to start throwing you the nice little salt balls that sound like it's yours. That's your one. That's what your that's what your kid's gonna look like. That's what that's how much money you get. And then when the collector comes, it all falls apart. Hello. My third point is this: trust without borders. And yes, I did use a song lyric for this point. <laughs> trust without borders. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. But this is so true, though. And saying this is one thing you know that God had to reveal to me: without borders. Trusting in the one who made the heavens and the earth. <laughs> Without borders, we're trusting in the one who made the heavens and the earth. Everything we see, everything we feel, everything that science agrees upon, everything God made. See, I believe that God used this woman to show us this. She let down everything she had and trusted in God completely. She had no safety net. She didn't have a 401k ready. She didn't even have financial stability. But instead, she didn't even have a backup plan in case plans A through Z failed. She ran through every plan and she was like, yeah, I got one plan. That's his plan. She trusted that God was going to do it and when Elisha wasn't there, it showed her that man had nothing to do with it. And that's the crazy thing. I'm going to show you why. In verse 4, put, will you put up verse 4 for me? And I'm going to show you why I said shut the door is going to be very important. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all the vessels and you shall set aside what is full. And the reason why I say shut the door behind you and your sons is this is why. Is because since the widow's need was private, the provision was to be private also. Further, the absence of Elisha demonstrated that the miracle happened only by God's power. And God's power multiplied little into much, filling all the vessels to meet the widow's need. And more. Huh, Counsel, you want to talk about some real 401k? That lady had it after. She had some serious moolah saved up. But that's the thing is that when Elisha left and she shut the door, it wasn't man that gave her the blessing. It wasn't man. It couldn't, man couldn't boast about it because it was all God. And see, she didn't, she could have had the choice to be like, okay, this was stupid, Alicia. Why am I going to shut the door, pour this much oil in, and trust 
somehow that this thing flows into every vessel. She had the choice to choose. She chose through the darkest situation. Her kids, her life, everything was on the line that she cared about. Hello, sounds like us sometimes. Some things are on the line for us, and we're in the dark, and we're like trying to find our way through. We're like, where you at? Where's the blessing? You got your eyes closed in a dark room. That don't help. Amen. We, if we were to shut off all these lights, I wish I could. And I just told everybody, all right, church is missed. Go, go try to find your way. I want to see how many of you walk into each other. I'm going to have here my flashlight like this. Woo! Wish I had my camera out. It sounds silly, but it's true in the spiritual. Sometimes we always like to think that, hey, God, you know, I got this. You gave me the tools. You gave me everything to need. So I think I can read the manual. I think I got it by myself. And so we start to do it, and we do it, and we do it, but yet it's still not working out like God intended. But this is why if it was all God. She didn't make her need public. It was private to Elisha. She cried out to him. So God made the miracle private. But she was in the dark. She didn't know if it would be successful. And that's the hardest part, saints, right there. Some of us can't trust God because it's not a 100% successful rate. Because sometimes we screw it up to where now we make it a 0% chance of success. Because we interfere with the hand of God. She believed, but this is the difference between us and her sometimes. She believed fully that God knew what was best for her, and she let go and let God work. Even when, we, even when Pastor was reading about Esther in chapter 5, we see that she went before the king. She, had, she trusted in God. She was like, look, if I perish, God, I perish. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Right? Ooh-wee. But at the same time, I'm trying to do something for you. I'm trying to fulfill what you called me. And she had full trust in God that he would make a way for her to save her people. Hello. And sometimes that's what God wants, saints, is he wants you to trust in him without borders, without restriction, without putting God in chains and saying, you're only allowed to work in my life in this area because I'm not afraid of this area because I've seen you do it before. I've seen you do this area for me five million times. I've seen you break addiction. I've seen you break all these things, God. Thank you. But this area right here, this one right here, I'm going on the other side of the spectrum now. This one, God, that I've kept, that I'm too afraid of to even allow you to go near, I won't allow you to lead me through it because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of what you can do to it. I'm afraid that I'll get hurt in the process. I'm afraid I'll lose people. Sometimes I'm afraid that I'll even lose wealth. I'll lose my security and I'll lose myself in it. Sometimes, God, I don't even want you to come near this part because I feel ashamed because you said give me all of you and you'll give me all of me. You gave you all for me 
But this part, I'm too ashamed. I'm too afraid. I'm going to put a border. I'm going to put a restriction in this area. You're fine to go wherever you please. Just don't bring me here. I put a border on. I put a restriction on you. Because I believe that I'm afraid of what you can do to that. And I may get hurt. See, saints, God wants you without borders. Your borders are keeping you in the dark, actually. They're not allowing you to escape. They're not putting you in a comfort. Your comfort zone is actually your kill zone. Yeah. Your comfort zone ain't your friend zone. It's the kill zone. Why do you think the enemy can get to you so easily in your comfort zone? Makes you comfortable. It releases your guard. You lay it down. You relax. Your borders are keeping you in the dark. See, God is like a father guiding her, his daughter through the dark hallway. And see, the father has his light on. They're going outside. He told her to hold on to his leg. The father has his light and he can see, but the child, knowing that the father's main job is to protect the child, the child stays close until they get outside. Why? Because the child knows that the father can see everything. The Father can see everything, saints. See, we don't see it all. We see what God reveals for the part. He don't give it to you all in one. Wish it was, right? Yeah. Woo! I promise you, we get that dream, we get a vision from God, and we're like, thank you, Jesus. And you're like, I got to make it happen. How are we going to do it? And God doesn't reveal nothing else to you. He's like left in the blank. He's like, fill in the blank, please. It's your favorite test. You got choices. Choose wisely, please. But that's what God does is he leaves the blank and he's like, I'm not showing you everything because if I show you everything, you're bound to get into it and screw it up. You're bound to mess it up. That's why I show you a part. If you screw up that part, that's fine. I can fix it. I'm the great fixer. I'm called a physician. Also a carpenter. Hello. But that's the thing is that God wants you to trust them. And the things that we are afraid of is a border. They want to keep certain things from being answered because you can't see it without a light. The things that keep coming up and you're like, I'm better than that. I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. Trusting God without borders. That's what it is. Those feelings where you're like, man, I can't believe I did that. God. I can't believe I doubted you. I can't believe I put a limitation on you, God. It's crushing God more than we know because the border is keeping you far longer than you ever God wanted you to intend to be there. He's like, man, I've had so much planned for you and I wanted you to accelerate. I wanted to bless you like this. I wanted to bless you with this. I wanted to keep blessing and blessing. I wanted to overpour my cup. But I can't because you put a limitation. You didn't trust me through the darkness. You still, have, you still have put a border on me, and still on that border, I can't illuminate the whole room. See, the things that keep coming and coming and coming, the borders will either let you die slowly, or they'll make you so scared that you'll never go back to God about that issue, about that thing, about that situation. See, this is where you have to let go of control and allow God to take the lead and allow him to take it, 
take you through it. Can I get the worship team? See, saints, this is the thing is that trusting without borders, it's not saying, okay, God, put borders on me. No, God's like, I put borders on you to protect you, to keep my child safe. That's what I do for you, child. It's like I said, the, the father has the light and he's leading her down the hallway. The reason why he's leading is so he can make sure that they're not getting hurt. Like I said, if I, if I, turn, if I tell them to turn off all the lights, even the ones on, on the cans, tell them, hey, turn them all off. Tell you all to start walking around. All of us are going to hit somebody. We're all going to hit, we're going to run to somebody. Don't care who you are. You'd be the most, you can be a bat and still hit somebody. But that's what it is, saints, is that the borders we think that are keeping you us safe, they're not from God. They're actually killing you off. That's not trusting God in the dark. And trusting in the dark is this. It's not where we're allowing God to be like, hey, God, you're, you're, you have all of me. I give you everything. What's, what's actually happening, saints, is that we're telling God, I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of that area because I know what it's done to me before. I got some hurt left. I got some pain built up. I got neglect from my father. I got neglect from my mother. I got all these problems, God. And I can't trust nobody, not even you, because of this border. And God's like, child, I just want you to know I'm trying to lead you out of it. I'm trying to call you into something greater. See, even though everything seems like it's falling apart, it's actually falling into place. The things that you think are blocking you, God is going to use for his glory. God will make a way, saints. Remember that we serve a God that can do far beyond what we can think or imagine. Just calm down. It hurts now. But just wait for him. Wait for God to take you out of the darkness. Stop trying to trust in everything you got. Your skills, your abilities, your talents, it don't matter. It won't help you when it comes to the dark. Everything we're trying to do in the dark, we can even try to light it up ourselves, but it's not strong enough to break the true one that we can't break. God gave you the talent. He gave you the gifts that he can give you to break the light ones. But the ones that you have deep down inside that you're like, God, I won't even go in there. So it's a no-go access. But just wait for God. He will prove to be faithful, saints. Your anxieties are temporary, but the Lord and His grace are everlasting. Somebody shout amen. See, God is moving in ways you don't understand right now. Be still and allow Him to calm the storm in your heart. Stop trying to fight God. Stop trying to mislead yourself. Stop allowing the borders to keep you in. You got to allow God to trust. You got to trust in the one that made is the perfect way. He said, I am the truth, the life, and the way. And I am will lead you to the Father. If I turned off the lights and all I left on and I pointed a light to that, that is the way. God's not going to lead you into more darkness. He's trying to lead you into a marvelous light, saints. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the dark. 
I'm tired of allowing everything in my life to dictate what I got used to do. I'm tired of the past. I'm tired of the insecurities. I'm tired of it. I want God to lead. I want God to trust. That's what I want to do. Be still and allow him to calm the storm. Be still and allow him, saints, to lead you out. He says, I've chosen you to be a royal priesthood. The Bible also says, be holy for I am holy. God says, the old man has passed away and the new has come. I could go on and on and on and on and on about what God's promises are, saints. But one thing that the... See, one thing is that stopping you is yourself. You're not trusting everything to God. You're allowing the situation, the past, whatever it is, you're allowing it to keep you in the dark. You want to be blessed? Well, guess what? Something's holding you back. What are you trusting in? trust your insecurities all they did was hurt you you can trust your pain all they did was hurt you you can trust your mistakes all they did was hurt you and abuse you you can trust all these people that don't matter they will hurt you and abuse you and wrong you but there is one who is the greater he says I am who I am Yahweh, he is the great I am. He made sure that he can make a way in the darkness. He came to die for a sinner and a wretch like me. Say so, I'm going to ask if everybody can stand. And if God's tugging on your heart, he's saying, look, I know that there's somebody in here struggling. I know there's somebody that God's saying, look, child, you've carried it too long. You will not allow me to let you leave. Trust me, says the Lord. And see, my mercies are everlasting and they're good. Trust in God and allow your heart to let go. You can't control it. It's impossible. God never meant for your pain to keep you in. He made it so you could give it up to him so we can make something new. So, Father, we thank you for the life-changing power, for the breakthrough, for trusting. We're trusting in you through the darkness, God. Oh, Father, I pray right now, God, that you just strengthen us. Father, that you just can, that you can, that you can come in our hearts, God, and that you change them, that you fill us up, God, that you shake and you break our pain, the dark, our mistrust, everything, God, that's not of you, break it off right now. Father, we thank you, and we declare that, God, this is the atmosphere of a breakthrough. This is an atmosphere of healing, that this is an atmosphere, God, of your power, of your presence, God.